Welcome, listeners, to another Transformation Church Sermon Podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. Good morning, everybody. How you doing today? Come on, give it up for Jesus this morning. Man, it is good to be in God's presence. What a time of worship in God's presence right there. I mean, I just sense that his presence is just growing and saturating this house. And I'm so thankful that he's given us life and that we uh, get to let go of everything that's trying to grip us in Jesus name. I'm so thankful, man. Worship is so important. Our house is a house of worship, a house of prayer. And so maybe you're new to our community. We are loud and rowdy. And so we, we, we worship strong. And so you might not be used to that. Uh, we don't sit in worship. We stand and worship the King. Is that okay? Everybody. And so I, I just, um, I'm thankful for a church that's hungry for God's presence. Uh, the Bible talks about the manifest presence of God. And when we all come together, there's a verse that says, let the spirit of the Lord rise among us. And um, a lot of times we're asking for the spirit to fall, but he already fell and uh, he's inside of us. And so as we worship together, the spirit of the Lord rises among us in the manifest presence. And inside of that, uh, miracles and, and needs are met and God heals and, and supernatural things happen. We've been in a series called uh, Miracles. Uh, now we're shifting from God of miracles just into house of miracles. That This is a, a house of miracles that, that God always, all through the scriptures, always had a house. And so you're the temple of the Holy Spirit, but God always has had a house. He's building a house and it's not brick and mortar. It's us. It's, it's people. Um, but he has a house and he's continuing to do miracles. Can I tell you that, that uh, miracles aren't a, a big deal to God? They are the deal. Come on. Like we, shouldn't be, like, like we shouldn't be surprised with miracles and it shouldn't be a big deal that they are the deal. And so uh, God's a supernatural God and, and uh, this is going to be a supernatural house. And um, I, you know, I, I don't give a lot of lectures. I preach the gospel. And so... Uh, I believe that through the preaching of the word of God, people are set free and the word of God does its work. And so we're going to get into the word today. And I just felt like this is what the Lord told me to start with, uh, just thinking about the house of God and, and really what does it mean to be a part of the house of God? What kind of miracles uh, would God do in our life? And um, as I was praying, this is what the Lord, there's many miracles that he would do in our lives and in our families being led to the house of God or being a part of the house. Again, let me just encourage you, uh, those that are planted in the house of the Lord, shall flourish in the courts of our God, right? Those that are planted, not those that, that come at once every month, not those that kind of just go from church to church to church to church, not those that kind of plug in, those that get planted and get roots into the house of God uh, shall flourish in the courts of God. And so my prayer, my wife's prayer, our family's prayer for years has been that you would flourish, that every aspect of your life, your business, your calling, your kids, your your mind, will, and emotions would flourish in the things of God. And I, I just, I was in worship today on my knees, just remembering what God did for my life. And when we were singing and worshiping and I had tears in my eyes on my knees there for a few minutes, I just began to thank him. I said, I, and, and I was doing it this way. I said, I know what you did for my life. And, and, and I was saying that because I know he can do it for your life. I know he can, he can change things and give you purpose and give you freedom and, and remove addiction and the thoughts of suicide. And God spoke to me in worship and said, somebody, somebody here has attempted suicide and you're thinking about it again. Would you please see me after service? Um, if that's you, I just felt like the Holy Spirit said someone is actually, you've actually attempted it in the past and that you would, and that you're thinking of it again. Please, I'm not going to embarrass you or anything like that. Please find me after service. Be discreet. It's fine. I'd love to pray with you and believe God for you. And so 
Uh, we're going to jump in. Serve Knock Saturday was huge. Come on, 400 cars came through a drive-thru line yesterday. It was, it was crazy. It was awesome. Like people, people weeping in line, thanking God and thanking us for food and um, people just being welcomed to the house of God. Some people crying and me, me saying to them and others saying to them, you're not alone. That's what the house of God is about. You're not, this is a family. You're not alone. You don't, you don't have to face what you're facing by yourself. And so thank you for your generosity. Thank you. Seriously, thank you for partnering with our church. We could not have given away thousands of pounds of food once a month. Uh, we gave over 400 turkeys away. We gave over 2,000 meals away yesterday. So right into Thanksgiving season. Come on, people are going to have some food and an amazing Thanksgiving. It'll... It'll humble, it'll humble you when the dude pulls up on his scooter trying to load down every handlebar with turkeys and food and, and, and he's from England and he's only been in this country for a year and been married for, for about a year and he's like, I'm, not, I'm like, happy Thanksgiving, man. We wanted to help. He's like, I'm, I can't do the accent. But he's like, I don't know much about Thanksgiving, but thank you for the turkey. He's like, I'm from England, you know? And so he's like, but, but this is supplying food for my family for Thanksgiving and just different individuals that had stories. And so you're, you're a part of that. And uh, I want to say thank you. Stuff the truck's going to be amazing. So please, the next three weeks, grab something from one of those um, trees out there. And, and we're going to do twofold. We're going to, we have about 40 or 50 families. We know specific names and ages that we're going to supply for. You can fi find a specific family. Or you can have a general tag that we're going to give away all those gifts next month's Serve Knock Saturday. So the first Saturday of every month, we do a big food giveaway. We do free haircuts. We give away diapers. And we give away, and now toys this Christmas. And so... Man, we'd love to partner with you in that. It is Veterans Day Friday. Come on, veterans. Thank you. Thank you. Would you stand to your feet if you're a veteran in the house here? Would you stand up to your feet? Let me just honor you. Come on, any veterans, would you stand up? Come on. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your dedication. We, we have a gift for you at our connection area. We've got a free Chick-fil-A for some veterans today. Come on, somebody. I know, I know veterans like Chick-fil-A every day, and so because uh, I do. So anyway, man, we just love you. Thank you for your heart and your sacrifice. And uh, it's an honor that you're here at this house, uh, given your time and talent and treasure. So we love you very much. John 14, verse 1 through 3. Uh, I'm going to pick up there, and then we're going to go into Matthew for a second. And I'm going to talk to you about the house of God and the miracle that you could receive today. John 14, one through three, it says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in me, believe also, uh, believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. Aren't you glad there's room enough to function in God's house? There's room enough to flourish in God's house. There's not one room. There's not a small area. Just there's many rooms in God's house. Whatever your gift is and your calling is and your passion is and your dream is, there's a room for it. There's room for what God has in you in his house. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have not, I would have told you, uh, I go to prepare a place for you. This is interesting. He says, if it were not so, would I have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself. Not, not to the place. You think he'd say, I go prepare a place for you. And if I'm going to come again, I'll come and bring you to that place. He says, I go and prepare a place for you. And I'm going to come again and bring you to myself that where I am, you may be also Matthew 11 says this, this way. Jesus says, come to me, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. 
The world is not restful. Communities aren't restful. The battle out there is not restful. It's actually intensifying. I'm getting ready to go into more of it. It's not restful. It's come to me and you'll find rest for your souls. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you'll find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come on, anybody thankful for light and easy? In Jesus' name. My title for today is this. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. Let's pray real quick. Father, thank you for your yoke being easy and your burden being light. I pray for rest today for our souls. In a, in a dry and thirsty land, you said you'd give us water, that you'd make new streams, that you'd give us rest. And Lord, many times we come to everything but you. And so today we come to you. Thank you for your house, a house of miracles. And we receive the miracle of rest today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. There's no place like home. We're heading into the holiday season. Who's a big Thanksgiving meal person or a Christmas meal person? Thanksgiving meal, all the Thanksgiving meal people over Christmas. Come on, I'm a Thanksgiving meal guy. Come on, turkey and stuffing. How many are Christmas meal people? I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about the holiday. I'm just talking about the meal. Come on, somebody. Like Thanksgiving meal. And uh, I'm a Thanksgiving meal person, and uh, I have different family members and different homes we eat at. Many of you are probably planning on what home you're going to go to right now, and uh, maybe you'll have Thanksgiving at your home. Many of you are getting preparations made. I love to have Thanksgiving at my home. I love to eat amongst uh, uh, kind of my house or, or close uh, different, different relatives. There's some relatives' houses that I don't like to go to for Thanksgiving. Anybody? Come on. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You just don't, and, I, and it's because it's just like, it's just stuffy. It's just all this. I've got certain family members. They're just, we say this room's a snob-free zone. I got family members that it ain't no snob-free zone that you go there. And I got little, and over the years I've had little kids and we go to their house and they've got all these little etiquette rules and all these little, all the little polite rules and all the spoons out and all the proper ways. And you're at Thanksgiving and they got the little, the little gravy. What do you call a little gravy holder? Uh, you know, I for, what is it called? A bow, a boat. All the little names for the stuff. It's, it's a container. It holds gravy. Pour it out. Yeah. They got, I can't tell which is the, the salad fork and the, and the dessert spoon. And you got to eat them all in the right order. And they're watching. I got aunts and uncles watching my kids. And their little kids are little valedictorians at like seven. Got my, my cousin's a rocket scientist. That's real. And like, and, and she, she, I mean, just, and like all the grandparents, everybody's pulling out her book. That's been, you know, she's authored like, look at Julie's book. You know, I'm like, ah, you know, <laughs> my kids are throwing biscuits at each other. You know, <laughs> I'm like, Oh God, my daughter's preaching the gospel, telling them my cousins are going to hell, you know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's crazy, man. And so, and so there's certain homes like, you know, my, my, one of my cousins several years back, he got married at his wedding. He married the granddaughter of Mrs. Pulitzer, the Pulitzer grandkid, like Pulitzer people, right? And so my mom's like, listen, you're going to have to keep your kids in order. Like every, you're going to be sitting by Miss, I sat, we were sitting at the table by Grandma Pulitzer right there. My kids are picking their nose and all this stuff. My mom's like, get your kids under control. They were little. I'm like, don't break anything. Stop. Sit up. Put your pinky out. Small bites. Small bites. <laughs> just not, just not restful. Right? I just not, no rest, anxious, anxiety, like worried. Like, and then I go to my house. Come on. At my house, somebody, I eat till I can't breathe. 
unbutton my pants, put on the stretchy pants, get a little, some sweatpants on, put on that 1999 sweatshirt from school and some sweats, go to sleep on the couch, on the floor, in a chair, whatever. Just find some rest. Burp, manners go out of the window, loud and proud. I, it doesn't matter. It's just, it's just home. It's just my house. There's no, not all these rules and expectations and trying to please everybody else. And it's just, ah, there's no place like home. There's no place like home. Jesus is saying like he, he is home. Like, like he doesn't have all these rules and expectations and all these heavy burdens on top of you. Like he's light and easy. He's not hard and heavy. And he's saying, if you want rest for your souls, you have to come unto me. Matthew 11, come unto me. It's the greatest phrase. It's Jesus favorite phrase. Come unto me. It's, it's not, it's an invitation. It's an open invitation. Come unto me, not get it together. Not try harder, not, not fix yourself up, not sit up, behave, don't pinky out, soup spoon now, come on, not, no, 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 come unto me, an invitation to, to get your, your, your rest and your labors to cease. He says, all you who toil, the word toil is all you who are laboring or growing weary, all you who are working to exhaustion. Come unto me with your toil and your burdens, all you who are heavy laden. Heavy laden is this, a burden or an unwarranted precepts and rules that you've been loaded down with. Come on, how much does religion do that and, 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 and religiosity and, 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 and it's just about Jesus. He's saying, would you just come to me? You've been unwarrantedly weighed down with all these rules. When you carry stuff God never asked you to carry, you get heavy. You, you get burdened and you begin to carry sin and shame and guilt and others' expectations. When you carry shame and guilt and expectations from everybody and all those little rules and regulations, you get heavy. I, I do. I, I, don't, I don't want heaviness. I, I heard that from the Lord today. I give you the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness. He says, come to me and I will give you rest. You write this first thought down. Rest is a gift. It's not something that you earn. It's not something that we deserve. It's, it's just something that we receive from coming to a purpose in a place called Jesus. It's, it's him. He says, come and come to me and I'll give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you. Y'all heard the verse, right? Take my yoke upon you for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Take my yoke. The word yoke means actually to be joined to or be coupled with. He says, literally take my, uh, be joined to me. Jesus is talking about being joined to him. And in this day and age, it's agricultural um, society. And so a yoke, literally, there would be a craftsman in that day that would handcraft a wooden yoke for the younger ox. And so there'd be an older ox and there'd be a younger ox and the younger ox would get, the, they would take measurements of the size and shape and everything and they would handcraft a, a yoke for this younger ox. And then the younger ox would be put in the yoke next to the older ox. Many of us think in our mind that the younger ox would be side by side because we've seen pictures of oxen pulling weight together and they, they would be side by side pulling the weight together. That's not the case. The younger ox would be yoked into this handcrafted wooden uh, uh, yoke and it would be slightly behind the older ox. And so literally the younger ox, the only purpose was to learn the steps and movements and motions of the older ox, but there was no literal weight on the younger ox. There was only weight on the older ox and the older ox would carry all the burden and all, would be, carry all of that yoke and pull and the younger ox would begin to learn how to walk in step with the older ox. God is saying when you come to Jesus, God is literally handcrafting for you a yoke that you're called to wear that helps you walk side by side 
right next to the Holy Spirit where God can begin to pull the weight and God can pull the tension and God can pull everything that you're trying to pull. I don't, I don't want to be, I want to follow. Like I'm called to follow, not walk side by side, right? So, so he says, literally take this yoke. I've handcrafted it for you. He knows your gifts. He knows your personality. He knows your size. He knows everything about you. He's making this yoke for you to wear. He says, put my yoke on. And he says, take on my, my burden for my burden is actually, it's actually manageable. He says, my yoke is easy. It's manageable. My burden is light. The word, the word burden is where we get the word invoice or bill of laden. It's actually like when a ship comes in, all the stuff in the ship is the, is the burden. It's the bill of laden. He says, so God literally is saying to you and I, when you come to Jesus, you take his bill of laden. You take his invoice. He, you take what he's called you to carry internally. If you take someone else's invoice, it gets heavy. When you begin to carry someone else's burden or someone else's expectation or someone else, you begin to get heavy. When you come to Jesus, he says, I literally lift off your burdens, shame, guilt, unforgiveness, worry, doubt, fear. I lift those and I begin to put into you. He doesn't take every burden. He gives you his burden. We want to take every burden. No, 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 no. Take the, my burdens, but give me your burden, Lord. Give me your burden for the loss. Give me your burden for the kingdom. Give me your burden for generosity. Give me your burden for 400 turkeys that are going out in the community. Give me your heart for reconciliation and forgiveness in life. Give me that burden, oh God. And so literally Jesus says, when you come to me, it's actually light and easy. And I just want to say to you, because I've been pastoring for a long time, met a lot of people from a lot of places, met a lot of pastors. If it's not light and easy, it's not Jesus. For some reason, throughout the years, we've equated hard and heavy with religiosity and holiness. Like, ah, it's just got to be heavy. It's, ah, just, ah, you know, it's like, that's, that's not God. It's, it, Jesus says, I'm light and easy. He says, come unto me and I'll give you rest. It's an invitation for you and I to rest. Faith offers a resting place for me and for you. Come to me, God says. It shows the vulnerability between man and God. Like, I can't make it without him. I can't like the vulnerability. I can't do this on my own. I can't, I can't figure it out. I can't carry it all. Come on. How many of you are, are all one trip grocery carriers? Anybody? Come on. How many of you? Every finger, every finger loaded down every single finger. Like, like you're, 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 you're going, you're breaking groceries on the way home. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're going up the stairs. You're trying to open up doors. You're trying to preach and carry bags. You know what I'm saying? That's how it is going in the house. You got jars being broken. You got, you got, by the time you get it, come on, how many of you, I don't know. Maybe I think it's a guy thing, but maybe some of you ladies do it too. I don't know. My wife's smarter than me. She puts them down at the bottom of the stairs and waits for somebody to, to bring some of them up. And you know, not, not, <laughs> that's just the heavy stuff. Usually she's coming in. We run and try to get stuff out of her hand, but come on. I mean, how many of you carry till your fingers go numb? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you carry till your arms go numb. Come on, and your fingers, you're like, how many of you thought you did permanent damage to a ligament or, a, or appendage before? <laughs> That's the reality. Like, we carry stuff in life. We think we carry stuff until we go numb. We carry stuff until we're breaking stuff in our relationships. We carry stuff until our hearts go numb, our minds go numb. I can't, I can't carry all of it on my own. And Jesus is saying, listen, please come to me. There's a faith place that will allow you, allow God to lift the burdens off of me. 
It says it this way in Luke 10, 41. Y'all know the story, Mary and Martha. This was a time to worship. It was a, a house of God. It was a miracle of God's presence. And, and Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. She's worried about the meal and the food. And look, all that needed done, but not at this moment. But one thing is he needed, and Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken from her. He's saying that we always come into his presence carrying all these burdens and all these bags. And we come in here to worship, and it takes 10, 15 minutes for you just to clear your mind, to get, to get ready to enter God's presence, or to be uh, bold enough to put your hands away. God said, I don't want you to come in carrying all that. I want you to come in here in the house of miracles, expecting and ready for a miracle and to encounter me and for something to happen in your life. I come into your presence, oh God. I want to come in here and rest. Jeremiah 17, 27 says it this way. This is interesting. But if you will not heed me to hallow the Sabbath day, such as not carrying a burden when entering the gates of Jerusalem on the Sabbath day, then I will kindle a fire. And this is Old Testament. Thank God that Jesus took all the fire. (laughs) Praise God. He's not kindling any fire on us. but, But the point is, he's saying, I don't want you carrying a bunch of heavy burdens into my relationship with you. Anybody ever seen that video that went viral at SeaWorld where that dude and his wife are walking? Anybody see that? There's a dude at SeaWorld and he's walking and his wife is behind him. She's got a stroller, baby, baby, carrier, and a bunch of backpacks on her. Y'all seen that? And the husband's walking with a big old slurpee, just like (laughs) looking for a seat. He got all the stands up here and the dude's walking and she's behind him like, like Jesus bags and babies. And like, and he's just walking. I mean, he's like looking for a seat. I mean, that's, you know, that's heroic. <laughs> and, and then all of a sudden the SeaWorld worker like stops him. And I was like, dude, this is bold. This is the Holy Ghost that day. This dude was the Holy Spirit. He went and like stopped the guy and like grabbed and got his attention. The guy's like, what? And then the guy goes in front of the whole crowd and starts taking bags off of his, the guy's wife and putting them on the guy's, on the man, the husband's shoulders. Yeah. And the whole crowd started, the whole crowd started, started clapping. I mean, do you think that our heavenly father would lead us, lead us bag down and leave us bag down and bog down? If, if a SeaWorld worker knew that it was wrong for a natural dude to, to leave his wife all, all bogged down and bagged down, we're the bride of God. We're God's bride. We're God's wife. You think God is going to leave us all bagged down and heavy and carrying every load and want us to carry? No, no, no. God wants to take that stuff off of your shoulders, off of you carrying everything. He wants to give you the ability. In the old covenant, the sign of, of, of the rest was the Sabbath. There was a day of rest. Hear me. I'm going to give you a couple little more teaching thoughts. Then I want to pray with you. In the old covenant, um, the Sabbath was a day of rest. And everyone still is arguing about this day of rest. And what day is it? And can we carry stuff on it and all that? That's not the point. The deeper revelation is this. The Sabbath, this, the house of miracles, Sabbath is Jesus. It's us coming to Jesus. It's us unloading our bags and our baggage at these altars and at communion and with our hands in the air and praising God. The Old Testament is a type and shadow pointing to Jesus. Genesis 2.2 says this, and on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. This points to 
a picture of rest from the very beginning of creation, from the very beginning of time. God says, I stopped working. I rested. I completed everything and I finished my work. It says that God finished and rested. Why? Was he tired? No. He's like, whoa, that was tough. Made clouds. Blew the clouds out in the air. That was tough. No, no. It wasn't hard. God was giving you and I a prophetic picture of what he wanted for our life. He was giving us an example. He was announcing to himself and mankind and creation, I can't create anymore. Everything I've done is finished and I rest in that now. Literally, I'm expressing satisfaction in rest. Like when you rest and you go, you know what? That was a good week. Like I I did some things. There's this expression of satisfaction. God said, it is good and I'm going to rest. I'm going to be satisfied. It's good. Rest tells your soul that it's enough. And we're in a society where it's never enough. And rest says, you know what? It's good. It's enough. And then he also said an example that we know that we don't have to strive, that we don't have to sweat, that we don't have to stress that it's not done that way, that God literally rested to give us a picture and a declaration that everything's complete and we don't have to carry it on our own. God said it's complete. And then number three, he gave us a pledge that there's a prophetic rest in Jesus. So in the Old Testament, there's this picture of rest and this rest is complete in Jesus in the New Testament. Adam was at perfect rest until he sinned. And so when we get the Ten Commandments and God says, I want you to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. What is he saying? I want you to remember what it was like in the garden. I want you, not a day. I want you to remember what it was like when dew came up from the ground and you didn't work by the sweat of your brow and the toil of your hands. That, that literally, you come unto me, all you who labor and are, are toiling, and I'll give you rest. Remember what it was like when fruit just hung from the trees in the garden. Remember what it was like when you had purpose and destiny in God and you related to Jesus in the light every day. That's Sabbath. Remember what it was like when you were in worship with Jesus. Remember what it was like when you, when you worked from a place of worship but didn't worship your place of work. Remember what it was like when you worked from a place of worship, but didn't worship your place of work. It could be at a business, at a home, raising kids, fixing meals. It could be Martha. It could be all types of things that we worship and get identity from. And Jesus is saying, no, no, I want you to... Rest in me. Here's this. Write this down. Rest isn't the absence of work. It's the presence of worship. Rest isn't the absence of work. It's the presence of worship. And so God said it is finished and it's complete. and You don't have to be anxious any longer. And let me tell you, Jesus echoed the same words on the cross. Jesus went into a garden, bled from his body, faced death, prayed that he would conquer it in the garden because he wanted to get to the cross. He didn't want to die in the garden. He willed himself to get to the cross. He had a farce sham of a trial uh, by the Jewish Sanhedrin. He was accused. He was turned over to the Romans. He was molested sexually, physically, and emotionally in the praetorium. He was ripped from, t- from limb to limb from his beard and his face, crown of thorns. And then they took God and put God on a tree. God was on a tree. That makes a difference. That changes things. And on that tree, Jesus is taking on the punishment and the sins of humanity, and he's creating again. It's the first time that anything's being created again since God created in the, in the beginning. Nothing had been created. Everything was finished. Everything was done. God said it's finished and I rest, but Jesus now is creating again a way for you and I to get back into rest. 
He's creating again a way for you and I to get back into forgiveness, back into freedom, back into relationship. He's creating a highway again. And so as he creates, he says in Aramaic, tell, tell, tell he says it is finished again. He echoes the same words that God echoed from the garden at the cross. It's done. It's complete. Mankind can now again enter into rest. And, and, and literally the house of miracles is a place where you can actually get back to the feet of Jesus and back to the presence of God and say, you know what? It's about Jesus, not a day. It's about a house where his presence is and we can come near him and close to him. Joshua says it in Hebrews 4, or Paul says it, that there's a day of rest. It's Jesus. There's, there's a place you can enter into rest. He literally says this, labor to enter into that rest. Work hard to get into rest. What does that mean? Work hard to get rid of your doubt. Work hard to get bold enough to get up to an altar. Work hard to get brave enough to put your hands in the air, maybe for the first time and and enter, enter into some praise with God. Work hard to get to a communion station. Work hard to make God bigger. Work hard to get rid of your partial doubts. Work hard to believe Jesus and trust him more. Work hard to enter into the rest and away from the anxious toil of life. Whatever you have to do, Paul says, work hard to enter into that, lest we fall by the same example of disobedience that they did in the desert, not trusting God. Work hard to get into rest. And rest isn't a day, it's a person. I don't, I mean, that's why we're so radical about worship and pray. Y'all like, man, he's always telling me to raise my hands. They're telling me to shout. They're telling me to clap, telling me to do this. They tell me all this stuff. How many of you, if I told you anything, you wouldn't do it. Come on. I know who you are. You're like, I ain't doing nothing. He tells me. (laughs) And, 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 and so we don't do that because it's popular, cool kind of church. It's not a denomination. We do that because we're working hard to enter into rest. And, and here's the reality. You, he says he'll give you the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Many of you have come in here today and you're carrying stuff and you're carrying bags and you're carrying weights. And you're carrying bags of sin or bags of shame or bags of guilt, bags of pride. Come on, God hates that one the most because you make it everybody else's fault and you'll never repent or take responsibility and it's easy to hide. Carrying bags of a false expectation, wanting to please everybody else and got to measure up and got to do the good job and got to, what's it going to look like in five years and 10 years and what's the company, what's the sales proje- projections and I got to, and again, you got all these expectations on you and you come in here heavy laden and, and, and burdened. There's one verse, I'm not going to read it to you because we're out of time, but it says literally that when the priests come into worship, they shouldn't wear anything that makes them sweat. And that literally like you're in here carrying these. And that's why God said, I give you the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Why do I say lift your hands? Why do I say shout to the Lord? Why do we say clap your hands? Because you can't begin to worship God and not have bags drop off of your life. You, you can't begin to clap your hands together and, and worship and get into an environment and a posture of praise and carry the same burdens in the same bag. Some of you are carrying the same bags because you refuse to clap unto God carrying the same bags because you refuse to surrender in a, in a place of worship in a house of miracles. God, I, I need you today. And I, I want to encourage you. Some of you have let the bags go, but you're still sweating because of the internal pressure. And I want to pray for that today. I, I, I went jogging with my son about 
four years ago. <laughs> and we ran 3.75 miles. And, I was, and he had never beat me before jogging. I couldn't, I couldn't catch up with him once. I thought he was a little, I thought there's no way this kid can beat me. I couldn't get near him the whole time. I was trying. I put on about an extra 20 pounds. Had a little extra burden I was carrying. I tried to run. I finished, but like, I tried to get, catch up with him at the end and beat him at the end. No, I couldn't even do that. He's laughing at me running. I got done running, sweating. An hour later, I'm still sweating. I had been done carrying and running with the burden, but the stress of the internal burden was still causing me to sweat an hour later. Some of y'all are still carrying the stress of the internal pressure and the internal burden of that relationship and the internal burden of regret or false expectation or shame or guilt. You're carrying all that internally. You've let it go maybe at church, but, but maybe you're just still sweating internally and you leave here and you go through the motions and you're like, God, I need free. I want to pray today supernaturally for a spirit of praise to come on your life and for a spirit of heaviness to come off of your life. Would you stand to your feet with me? Father, thank you for this house, for a house of miracles. Thank you for a people of God. Lord, I, I, don't, I, I pray that, that Christians would become sons and daughters today. That we're not just titled of Christians. We're sons and daughters of God. We're the children and the rightful heirs of the Most High God. That we can sit down at the right hand of God where you entered your rest, Jesus. We can enter our rest today that it's complete. We don't have to be anxious in this day or any other day. Oh Lord, it's finished. Thank you that we can breathe. And you said you, we could come unto you. I just want to pray right now. No one looking around, heads bowed, eyes closed. Two things. If you're carrying bags that you know you need to release today, or you're carrying internal pressure, you know you need to let go of, would you just blow your hands in the air? Like just a sign. I'm letting it go. I'm putting it down. Come on across this room. I'm putting, no one's looking around. I'm letting this stuff go. I'm dropping the shame. I'm dropping the guilt. I'm dropping the regret. I'm dropping the bag of sin. I'm done practicing it. Come on, the power of sin has been paid for. You don't have to keep practicing sin. I'm dropping the bag of sin. I'm letting go of the weights today, oh God. Jesus, I come to you. In your house, there are many rooms. Oh God, thank you for this room where you do miracles and give rest of soul today. I pray, Lord, I pray right now for the spirit of praise to be a weapon and a com combative weapon against any spirit of heaviness that comes against us. That even as we leave here today and go about our homes and our rides and our lunches and our families, that there would not be any spirit of heaviness in our houses, in our relationships, in our conversations. Lord, there'd be spirit of praise that it would literally run the spirit of heaviness out of our life. Lord, we just lift our hands to you and surrender. No one looking around just for another second. You can put your hands down. If you're in this room, you say, you know what? I've never given my life to Jesus. I've never, never really surrendered to Jesus. I'm here today and I need a relationship with God. I need a fresh start with God. Maybe you're watching online and you know you need a fresh start right now. You've never made Jesus your leader, your Lord. If that's you, would you just type in online? Just let us know. I need a fresh start with God. Type in fresh start. If you're in this room and you know you're not right with God and you need a relationship with Jesus, he paid the price on that cross to carry every bit of sin and debt and shame and guilt. He did it all. And today's your day. You can surrender. It's a house of miracles. You don't have to clean yourself up. You can just surrender and say, you know what, Jesus, I need you. If that's you, no one looking around. I want to pray for you for a fresh start with God. Would you put your hand up to me if you want me to pray for you? Pastor, pray for me. I need a fresh start with God. I need a fresh relationship with God. Anybody in this room, just raise your hand. I, need, I want to be a Christian. I need a fresh start with Jesus. Awesome. If you're online, awesome. Thank you for your boldness, sir. If 
you're online, just type that in right now. Come on, church, pray. I'll just give you another second. Anybody at all in here say, you know what? I, I, I need a real relationship with Jesus. No one's going to judge you. No one's looking around. Just hold your hand up high to me. Let me pray for you. It's awesome. I'm just going to pray a simple prayer. Would you just agree with me in this prayer? If you didn't put your hand up and need to, put your heart up right now. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Not religion, not rules, not regulations, but Jesus. Jesus, thank you that you paved the way, that you went to that cross, and that you created a way for me to have a relationship with God eternally. That I'm your son, I'm your daughter today. I believe in you. You're my Lord, you're my Savior. I believe you paid for my sin and my debt on that tree. I repent and turn from my old life, and I turn to you today, Jesus. Be my leader and be my Lord. Give me a brand new heart, Holy Spirit. Give me the strength to live for you the rest of my life in Jesus' matchless name. Come on, let's give God praise in this place. Love y'all. Thank you for listening to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. If you would like someone to pray with you, or if you would like some ministry materials, please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.